0: Joined by Mr. Drew Olsen. Drew, how are you?
1: Living the dream, brother. What's up with you?
0: Oh, f- fantastic here in New England. You know, just getting a bit snowy. It's, it's Just absolutely fantastic. Dope. And on it is dope, actually. Thank you for saying it's dope. Uh, on today's show, we have one of the uh, the core members of the Portland Timbros.
1: One of the core Ross four. Moore.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate you yelling. That's cool. Uh, we have got
2: Roscoe Myrick. Roscoe, what's going on? Not much, man. I'm just uh, enjoying an early Portland spring. It's beautiful outside. The blues are amazing. The greens are amazing. I don't know if it's because of the weather or because we just won an MLS Cup, and I'm still in the afterglow.
0: No one can really
1: tell. Roscoe. Yeah, speaking of the greens being amazing, I uh, when I was in Portland recently, I uh, made a purchase of green for the first time oh. legally in my life. It was kind of cool. <laughs>
2: I was like, where's this going?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> How's that, Drew? How's that experience for you? Uh,
1: it was odd, man. You like go into a room, they take your name down, you sit in a lobby, it's like going to the get your flu shot or something. Uh, but then they walk you out, and there's a bunch of jars on the wall. I don't know. It was cool because it's it's legal here, but you it's illegal to buy or sell it. So yeah. Um,
2: I'm really into self-improvement, and one of my self-improvement, uh, things this year is when I do go into a pot shop to actually look someone in the eye.
1: (laughs) Well, so when I did, don't, I don't know if this was just the one I went to, but there was, like, a dude that, like, walked me in and, like, explained the different strains and stuff, and I'm kind of a noob. I don't, like, smoke all that much. I was mostly there for the novelty of buying weed legally, and, uh. He, like, explained all these things to me, and I was like, sure, that one sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, you guys want to talk about about, soccer? Good experience for you, Drew.
0: Uh, Yeah, let's talk about soccer. Um, Bagby, two more caps for the national team. That's kind of cool. What do we think about that?
1: Uh, I thought it was cool, but man, I wish he would have started a game and gotten, I don't know how many minutes he played, like 45 total maybe at the most.
0: Um, uh, what, uh, 60 minutes? Totally came at the 60th minute in each game, didn't he?
1: Okay, sure. Uh, I don't know, I would have liked him to see, I would have liked to have seen him make, you know, a little more time. I, I thought he did good. I also wish he played more centrally, like he was kind of playing on the wing, kind of in the middle, yeah. all over yep. the place. Uh, I don't know.
0: Who was... Was it Stu Holden who's like Nagbe's cutting in? Well, yeah, no shit, that's what he does. Like that's how he's the most yeah. effective he can be. Is well, he he's in, also, he in did, the middle
1: when he doesn't have to cut in. When he's just naturally playing, you know, central, you know, attacking midfielder. That's obviously where he's at his best. So, well, yeah, I don't that, that's know. I think his natural
0: ability, or I mean, he's if he's playing a lot, he's always going to want to cut in because again, that's where he's playing his best soccer.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I mean, and you know, he's already gotten to play in the qualifiers so maybe Clinton was trying to give looks to new guys but then again he started Jermaine Jones so well
0: that? But so like Lee Wynn was kind of the, uh, the I think he kind of edged out Nagby into that kind of that playmaker spot and you know Wynn did have a couple of good games
2: I think as a as an Nagby fan it's disappointing because he didn't get enough minutes and they didn't play him in the right position but I think if you've been watching that team it seems like None of those guys have a plan, or, exactly. or where they're supposed to be, or how they're supposed to connect to each other. And so, I mean, I feel like Nagby did just as well as anyone else at being confused and playing in the wrong. Like, you know what I mean? It's like I don't. I watch the team. There's like no cohesiveness. There's no. You'd like to think that the plan is being picked up by the players uh, that come into camp. Uh, camp Cupcake. Um, and they just work on that plan and they look at least like they have a, they have something that they're actually, uh, working towards. But whenever I watch that team, it's just haphazard soccer. So I don't, I don't know really what to do with it, to be honest.
1: <laughs> Roscoe, remember when we were at a, <laughs> right after the cup, we were at the bar and some drunk guy next to us, uh goes up to to Caleb Porter and is like, so what are you going to be coaching the U.S. national team, bro? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Porter's just I like, see. what are you, the media? Like, <laughs> oh, shut up. Yeah, awesome.
2: I know. <laughs> that was the one time I think Porter came off like a, a real human being.
1: Like,
2: yeah, he, He's like one of us. Oh, yeah. He's like, who's this dude? Why is there bros at my party? Yeah. I, want bros at my party. Well, and I was
1: just like, what the fuck is he supposed to say to that question? I don't know. But, uh, but, I mean, seriously, like, Klinsman, not a good coach. Like, Porter nice. a no, no much I think
0: that's kind of the consensus. And here's the thing, too, like, Nagby will probably never play central under Klinsman, which is the shitty part. Like, he's not going to displace, you know, Michael Bradley, and he's not you know, he's not going to play farther back, because why would you play Nagby farther back? That doesn't
1: make well, situation. I mean, I, I think what I would like to see is I'd like to see uh, Bradley play what Jermaine Jones played in the World Cup, and or then we put in Nagby in front of him, yeah. And, because he, I mean, I guess that's, you know, it was weird because Mix in that game was behind Bradley. Uh,
0: Which makes no fucking sense at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah, although I thought Mix had a pretty good game, but,
0: yeah. He he can have a good game, but the the point is these players are being played out of position, and, again, like Roscoe said, they're copying together plays as it's going. Like, there's no real game plan going into the game itself.
2: You guys, like, totally tell me if I'm wrong, but. Recently, they, they had a game where they, they forced Bedoya in at a center center defensive mid position, right? Yeah, that was, was the D.C. game. Drew, was that
1: the D.C. game? When they played uh, uh Peru? Peru? No, that was not, because I definitely watched that on TV, and I saw the interview where Klinsman threw him under the bus.
0: No, yeah. that was uh, when they played... Big Draft, uh, um uh Gold Cup. They played Haiti.
1: No, you know what? It was the Brazil game. Was it Brazil game? Yeah, it was Brazil, because he was going against uh was it William, I think? It was like the first time he's ever played center defensive midfielder. Yeah, the and then he, he had to go against line. William and it was just like game over. Yeah. Well it yeah. seems like they had a plan to
2: that and a need for that position enough to put Bedoya in it. And that got me really excited about Nagby because it was like, Oh, now that we know that's his best position, he's going into camp, that seems like a no brainer.
0: I agree.
2: But, you know, I guess it's, like, the only thing you can expect from this team, probably, under Klinsman, is disappointment.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm well, it's funny, because, you know, uh, Jason Christ is, like, doing, he's, like, a consultant or, you know, temporary assistant or something. And he was, like, on the bench uh, a couple seats down from Klinsman during that game. And maybe I'm projecting, I'm probably projecting, but he just looked so confused, and I was, like... It must be weird for Jason Kreis to be basically out of a job and then has to be an assistant for this jump. Like, right? he's one of the best coaches in the league, gets fired by one set of jokers, and then has to go work for another one. It's just...
2: Well, what has to suck even more is that if he wants that job, he has to wait for it, essentially. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's oh, not fun.
0: U.S. soccer is a shitty situation right now. Especially the whole like, U.S. Uh, women's national team, there's a lawsuit with them now. It's kind of a joke, The whole U.S. soccer is the whole right now.
2: What's weird, though, I think it's different now because like before it was the talent that was kind of a joke. And it seems like right? there is a lot more talent now. It's just the way it's
1: being put together
2: is very strange. Yep.
1: Yeah, which I guess is, if you're going to have one of the that... problems, that's the one I have, but... Now, let's talk about this, too. Uh,
0: let's move on to Villafania at Santos. I mean, like, he's doing
2: pretty well at Santos Laguna, is he not? Like, he's so good, dude. He's yeah, so good.
1: He's got to get I a call-up, right? Him. I think well, it's, I, mean, I think the only reason why he didn't get the call-up, though, is because he
0: just went to Santos. Like, if he doesn't get one for the Copa, I would even be surprised. Because, like, who is better than him in that position right now?
1: No, Not Kellen Acosta.
0: Exactly! Like, Kellen Acosta... But, like, don't get wrong. I think he's a good enough player, but again, he's being, hes a player pushed out of position. He doesn't play as a fullback for FC Dallas.
1: Right. I, I thought Brandon know. Vincent was interesting. He looked pretty good, but,
0: but again, Vianney is still probably the highest playing fullback we have,
1: and he's playing think,
0: on a consistent basis and a, like a good consistent basis.
2: I do think part of it though is he just—he just went to the Santos, and to call him in now for meaningless games, would disrupt his development. And, sure. But the problem with that is is that if if Mexico says, like, hey, we want you, then you're going to lose that player to yeah. a rival. And if, if I'm Villafania
0: and if I'm watching U.S. soccer, you can't blame him for taking Mexico right now. You really can't. Like, I just
1: bullshit I, sort of and I don't know I, squad about Santos but didn't he end up replacing a guy at left back who had been getting call ups for the Mexican national team I
2: don't know that but.
0: I believe he was a national teamer but I don't think it was Mexico mm. that might be bullshit
1: I'm not sure I should not talk about things I don't know <laughs> has Jesse Gonzalez c-
2: committed
0: yet he's in the Mexican U23 camp oh dang it yeah yep Again, you can't blame people for going to Mexico right now with the way U.S. soccer is. Like, it's kind of a joke.
1: Which is hilarious because, you know, a year and a half ago, Mexico was a freaking disaster and almost didn't right. the World Cup. But yep. Anyway.
2: That's also an argument for firing Klinsman in the middle of a run.
1: Right? Yeah, totally. You can yes. turn it around quickly. Well, in a way, like, this is the time, right? Because now he's going to go on some world cup qualifiers against freaking trinidad and you know all these minnows that it's you know i could go out there and coach a team to victory probably and so it'll be harder to fire him after you know he beats up on some crappy caribbean teams i don't know
0: do you think any changes is if uh, if we bomb the copa Have they even, I, I think I, if he bomb, I, still, I think he's had a job at the end of it.
1: I, I mean, it can't get worse than losing to, like, three games in a row, right? We lost to uh, Jamaica, uh, Panama, and then Mexico in about the worst scenarios imaginable, and he didn't get fired, so I feel like going against better competition in the Copa America isn't going to do it, but. This isn't a podcast about the U.S. national team, guys. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's
0: not. It is the offseason. <laughs> Roscoe, let's talk about you. Uh, tell us about oh, no. who you are. Yeah, no, we're going to do this. Uh, tell us yeah. who you are. Just a bit, about, a bit about yourself.
2: Um, so, I, I grew up in uh, Southern California. I moved to Portland uh, for college uh, and then couldn't stay away because it's amazing. And where I'm from is, is really terrible. Uh, Did you go to PSU? So, yeah, I went to PSU. I love PSU because growing up, all I wanted to do is go to Harry Potter College. That was like that was it. I just wanted like green and bricks, and PSU is full of that. Education probably subpar, but <laughs> like I at least got to to imagine myself at a big college. Uh, Fair enough. And uh, so, actually, in 2011, I moved back to Portland, and um, my friend Jose, another timbro, uh, he was stuck in Bakersfield, and he was like in this job where it was like if you don't quit this job now, you're you're probably gonna die there. Like they pay you enough money to keep you from doing anything that you really enjoy. Uh, he he's right at the precipice of that, and I convinced him to come to Portland, and uh, he. He got his job, and then he came up, and when he lived with me uh, starting, and uh, when he came in the door, he had season tickets to the Timbers, and uh, he was like, hey, man, I'm so glad that like we're here now, and, and we're doing this, and that we like made that huge commitment in our life to live something better and have a community, and that was what those tickets kind of represented for us, and it's like a huge moment in my life, and... From then on, it was over, man. It's just been all in all those cups and, and love and excitement.
1: So so you moved back in 2011. Did you go to any Timbers games when you were at PSU? I did not,
2: but I did go to many of Beaver games for some reason. Um, nice. I, which I, had, was... I
1: had a Portland Beavers, like, everything. I had a hat. Uh, my buddy got me, like, uh, one of the, like, jerseys. I had a shot glass. Rest in peace, Portland Beavers, man. They're still... They, they,
0: they moved, right? They didn't disband. Is that correct? They
1: uh, they're... Uh, I think they rebranded so it in, the... I don't know. They're, are they in Reno now or something?
0: I, I, somebody, I thought somebody bought the franchise.
1: I wasn't sure if like, they yeah, he, I think... Poulson yeah, I think Poulsen sold it. The, the
2: infrastructure of a minor league baseball team is relatively small. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> if it gets sold on, it's basically
1: a new thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did go to, like, the... Uh, they had the AAA All Star Game one year at Providence Park. That was pretty cool. Got to saw a solid bunch of guys that are now in the majors. And uh, but yeah, Roscoe can attest to this. There were probably you know twenty to fifty people each game. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, I was actually writing like the reason why I went. I
2: was writing for Scouting Network. Uh, and I was pretending like I could. Scout baseball players, which was the weirdest thing. <laughs> did I was you like, he's up fast. Baseball? <laughs> I did, okay. I did, and, and I wrote a lot about baseball when I was younger, but not scouting. It was weird. I was the worst scout. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So, why are you a Dimmer's fan? I guess that's a bit, pretty, uh, pretty important question.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, the. I think the thing of there's something about the city that really creates something really unique. And uh, speaking of baseball, have you guys seen the documentary of Kurt Russell, ba- uh, Bastards Bastards of Baseball. I don't know what exactly.
1: Yeah. What is it? Batter? I, uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about it's on Netflix.
2: So, so yeah. So it's like, um, they created the most unique minor league baseball culture in the history of minor league baseball culture. You know what I mean? And that happened here. And when you watch that, you go like, oh, man, this is there's something in the water here. Totally. It's not just like, oh, we got lucky and had this great supporter group. Like, there's something about the city that engages people to do stuff like this. And uh, moving here, it being like it's kind of a symbolic change in our lives, uh, having that, like personifying it, uh, it's just you can't get enough of it, basically. You know, and it it's one of those things where it it went from, like, oh, like, that seems like a rad, cool thing to do, to, like, everybody I date. I go, like, this is a thing, and it takes up a lot of my time. (laughs) You know what I mean? So...
0: No, I get it.
2: Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I love the Timbers. I love... Especially, like, you know, I'm basically here from 2011 on. So, you know, I wasn't... I didn't even know the team was here when I lived here in college. Um... And I, I love Merrick Paulson, for example. Like, I think he's great. Like, I think he's a little weird sometimes, but I kind of like that. Um, I like what Porter has done with the team. I like that we brought in young players and tried to pay people for future performance instead of past performance. Like, all this stuff is, like, just stuck ingrained in how I understand soccer now, right? Um, I'm having a hard time watching, like, Santos, and I'm like – man, this game is so much different um, Yeah, because I, I feel so ingrained in what we do. And I, I, I know that sounds like maybe potentially like a pitfall of thinking like, oh, soccer has to be this way. I don't think soccer has to be this way. It's just what I'm comfortable with. It's what I know. And I love that that's existing, you know, that people talk about that uh, in Soccer and Sun and Shadow. Like that book is all about how uh, soccer makes people feel. And uh, I think that we're growing the sense of what it means to do it a Timbers way, and that's magical.
1: Have you guys seen the uh, the movie Fast Break, which is the documentary about the Blazers? Uh, it was the, they did it the season after they won the the, cha- the NBA championship. I haven't seen, seen that one. No, yes, no. but not in a long time. It's in it's on it, the entire of the movie is on net or uh, it's on YouTube, but it basically. It's the, you know, they won in 77, so the movie mostly took, was filmed in 78, and it's like super, it's the most late 70s movie documentary you could ever imagine. It's like the main, the guy that like directed it was like a poet that hung out with Bill Walton. (laughs) They went on bike rides to the coast, and there's like long musical interludes with no dialogue or anybody speaking or anything. It is the... It's, like, exactly what you're talking about, Roscoe, and that, like, it both encapsulates Portland, but also just, like, the way the team played. And they were just, like, on a whole different spectrum than everybody else. Like, they played it for the game. And maybe, like, every stupid documentary that comes out the season after the team wins the championship is like that. But this is just such a far-out thing that just is so perfect. And you just, like, Bill Walton is the most Portland... Professional that's like ever lived, and uh, I don't know. It, it, it feels a lot like what you're talking about, and you guys should definitely, definitely watch it, and everybody listening, of course, as well. Obviously. So, uh, what uh, what away days have you been to? Uh, so,
2: I went to all the away playoff games, and then in addition to that, I went to a uh, Sounders game. Um, definitely, my favorite is Vancouver. Um, and I feel kind of bad about it, actually, too, because I think the reason why everybody loves Vancouver so much is it's so – it feels like you're at home. Like, you, yeah. you walk everywhere you go. There's a downtown stadium. You get drinks by the stadium. You do the march over. Like, everything just seems so familiar, yet you're in a different city, and it's, it's also really beautiful there. Like, it's amazing, and there's a lot of cool stuff to look at. Uh, and
1: The and people too, are nice, too, right?
2: Oh, Yeah. And, uh, and so yeah it, it like really does feel kind of like home away from home uh, The Seattle one I didn't I, it wasn't I didn't love it that much just because you you bust there you bust back so there's no there's no like oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I get there's no like bar time where you just like you've got two hours so you're just talking about anything or anything you want it's kind of rush in rush out um, I definitely want to go to like a New York one. Uh, I'd never want to go to Dallas ever again. Really? Enough. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't – I, I want to say, like, I don't want to throw shade on the Lone Star Brigade at all. Because oh, they're single, legit, yeah. Every single time I was with them, I was having a great time. Every but time I was – Dallas the, itself. Or fr- yeah, every time I was just in Dallas by myself or in Frisco or the long drive to Frisco, I was like, God, I don't want to be here. Uh, it's a supposedly fun thing I'll never do again, essentially. Uh,
1: sure. I like think go I, to dots. Yeah, I think Kyle can will agree with me on this, and that it seems like all the people that we talk to on this podcast and just like at the games the weirdest, most remote place you're from, the like more you love the timbers and the more like you're just so into it because If you're going to be a Timbers fan in Poughkeepsie, New York, or, you know, Columbus, Ohio, or Frisco, Texas, like, it takes a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, few things are more confusing to anybody else around you. And so you can't half ass it, really. Whereas, you know, not to say that the Timbers Army half asses it, but it's much easier to be a Timbers fan in the state of Oregon than anywhere else. And yeah. so, the, you know, the people that we end up meeting are the people that, you know, drove overnight five hours to watch a game and then drive back the the night after. So it's just, I don't know. you got to be a little bit of crazy to, to do that kind of stuff or fly to every playoff game.
0: That's half the reason why, I mean, I personally, the reason why I want to start the podcast for selfish reasons because I live in the middle of nowhere in New England. I don't have anyone to talk to about the Timbers. So I'm like, you know what we should do? Have a podcast where you talk to people about the
1: Timbers. You might not have people to talk to
2: about the Timbers. That's true. Well, that's what I kind of like think about, like why I love your guys' podcast, And I, I want people to do more of it because uh, these mediums are built so that we can get to know people without actually being in the room. Which exactly. I know that sounds that sounds bad, but it's actually that's pretty we, cool. Yeah, it's what we got. I mean, 2016. Yeah. We do some shit. And so it's like, how many more people are out there that would be my best friends if they lived in my city and had the same feelings or the same way of talking about the Timbers as I do?
1: Well, and that's the other side, right? Like, you can be a Timbers fan in Poughkeepsie, New York, because that's that's how cool the Timbers Army is, right? Like, you want to be Timbers Army, you already are. I guarantee you, that person in Poughkeepsie shows up to their first Red Bulls game? They are not going to be as welcoming as the Timbers fans that are showing up to that, you know, the yeah. Timbers away game. I actually like, have a,
2: a great story about uh, Dallas away. I uh, met this guy, Cody, and Cody was like, Cody's from Arkansas. So Cody wants there to be a Timbers, like, call sign, like War Eagle or uh, uh, what's, the, what's the famous, a uh, Roll Tide. Oops. And so he's like, we had a long discussion about what it would be, and he's, like, convinced that it should be No Pity. So it's like you're just walking up and down the street. Oh,
1: and you just say, no pity.
2: Yeah. But the, what was hilarious about it was like part of the discussion was what it should be. The second part of the discussion was, what? why don't we get a call sign? Call, <laughs> I don't get call signs. I'm you like, know,
1: I had never, never really considered that for the summers, but I will say, so I went to a Michigan State-Maryland football game here last football season. I'd never been to a college football game in my life. But, uh, it was pretty fun. But I went with a bunch of Michigan State people. And I will say every time the crew of people I was with saw someone from that was wearing Michigan State gear, they go, "Go green," and the other people would go, "Go white." It was like really cool. It was like, nice. oh wow, you guys got this like language, and it like threw me off for a while. Uh, Interesting. But uh, it was pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. Not that not that the Timbers necessarily we should do that, but uh, but I but I like the you know it's kind of a secret code or something. Anyway, you guys guys want to talk about these uh, preseason games? We should talk about the preseason games. Cool. Uh, So, uh, we might as well just. So, there's only been two games thus far, uh, at least open to the public. Well, two that we could watch. Uh, The
0: first one didn't actually Yeah, do you want to talk about
1: the first one? I don't even remember what the score was. We lost, right? uh,
0: The one against uh, FC Tucson? Yeah. That, That game didn't actually happen. No one saw it. No one could prove it. the Twitter feed. You didn't terrible, watch
1: so. the Periscope
0: in <laughs> No, I did. They wasn't Periscope. The, um...
1: That's funny.
0: But the fake updates were hilarious, though. So I enjoyed those.
1: <laughs>
0: so let's go to Timber's Dynamo. That was a pretty okay game. It, um, kind of what you expected for like your second preseason game. Didn't really think much of the the front. I you know I thought Milano, not, Milano and Moano uh, and definitely could have been a little bit sharper, but overall I was pretty uh. Happy with the performance. It definitely was a very different between the. Uh, we did switch it up at halftime too, so second team was full of rookies and new people.
1: Uh, Kyle, believe the the phrase you're looking for is a tale of two halves. Yes, right sir. in the show notes.
0: Yes, um, it's in your notes. I just didn't want to use it because it's your line. So.
1: <laughs> well, you can feel free. Anytime. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I, I think basically you said it, which is that the starters looked good. The second, or you know, start whatever it is, the A minus B plus team looked good, and then the uh, C plus B minus team looked less good. I don't know what else to say. Milano and Espria uh, looked pretty, pretty dynamic on the wings, and it'll be. They didn't play very much together last season, even though it feels like all our success came when they were both in the lineups. Uh, they were mostly trading off with each other, so. But, you know, Porter said that they're the two starters. So it'll be interesting to see. you have any thoughts on that game, uh, Ruska?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think I'm a little more optimistic about that game than you guys. Uh, okay. I kind of went in going like, all right, how are the, all these pieces going to fit? Are we going to, sh- like, sort of struggle out of the gate? And I wanted to see uh, just them, not necessarily them dominate the game, but just look like they play together well. Um, and I thought they were great especially the front four. I mean, uh, and we'll probably talk about Adi later, but in that game specifically, uh, his hold-up mm-hmm. play seemed to even take another level where it wasn't just keeping possession but flicking the ball on uh, yeah. to oncoming exactly. runners. And that made Aspria and Milano look like gangbusters. And, it, you know, it looks like Valeri's ahead of schedule um, as far as, like, getting into form which has been kind of an issue in the last couple of years
1: hey, um, has he I don't think he's played in the preseason in no this is his second, no. second yeah he's never played in the preseason has he
0: technically he did it when he came in in 13
1: did he this is only his second okay. preseason okay cool um yeah and
2: I mean I think a big part of it I think is that with the lack of time off they're in just much better form than a team like sure. Houston um and so I think they really they really put it to them. You know, second half, uh, really disjointed, as you would uh, suspect. I think Nico Brett did some nice things. I think Polk did some nice things, too. Exactly.
0: And so I would definitely talk about the second part. But, like, there was a, there was a fair few nice individual performances from that second half, which, you know, includes both our draft picks. I mean, I loved yeah. Polk. I thought he did some pretty nice things on the wing. I do think, actually, he might. And, you know, I definitely want to talk about this. But, like, we haven't signed another winger yet. And I'm not convinced we're going to anymore. So maybe Polk does kind of get the backup position.
2: I think with uh, with um, moving on, there's an added
0: roster spot.
1: Yeah, I do we think... haven't mentioned that yet. That's yeah. really sad. I like George Fochive.
0: Yeah, but this is definitely a good move for him. Like, I'm happy for him because like you know, he's going to get. We have a very uh, a copious amount of depth at that position now. And He's young, he needs first-team minutes, and he needs
1: regular playing time. So, yeah. What was it, 100,000 transfer fee? Uh,
2: Between 175 and 200K for the transfer fee. Yeah. Uh, this is a secretly brilliant move, and this is the reason why you get a very small amount for your transfer fee. Okay. But that converts to a hundred thousand in allocation money. Yeah. Whereas like if you sold somebody for $10 million and you only get what are 650 or 675 in allocation. So the, the margin of, of how much you just like changed your cap space is incredibly significant. And, and, you know, Porter said it too, was like, well now we're, Looking at a, a winger that's probably on another level than we were before, uh, and I, I think that's a pretty genius move. But it's never actually.
1: Yeah, and I, to build on that, like he probably, assuming Zemansky can stay healthy, which is of course not a given, he probably wouldn't have seen the field much this season anyway. And uh, so, yeah, I think it makes makes a lot of sense. He's a great player, and you know, if like to be a funny, I'll continue to follow him. Where would he go though? Uh, like Denmark. Sweden, Denmark, same thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that's
0: true. I don't think that's
1: true. John. Probably not true, but... Sweden's the capital agree. of Denmark. Right?
0: <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it's out, obviously. But here's the thing. So, the transfer window is closed. I'm not... I mean, if we're picking up a winger, it's going to be a free agent or somebody within the league. I'm just not quite convinced. Like, I mean, we haven't heard any rumblings. It's been a couple couple weeks now since Rodney Wallace has left, and now he signed for Portuguese team, and... I'm just, I am just—I don't know where a is coming from. I assumed if we wanted to pick somebody up, it would have been during the transfer window, but... I mean, it doesn't make uh, sense with it's gone, we have the space open, but I just haven't heard any rumblings lately,
2: so... You have to forgive me if I'm wrong, but only if the European transfer window is closed. There are I, other I windows that are still
0: open, I think. Are, is our
1: window still open? Yeah. Our I yeah. mean, MLS, then, I don't even think really officially has a window, does it? I think it's more like basically adhering we'll to the rest of the, the world. But, um, we have the but yeah, the t- I mean, the Timbers, I think, I don't think the transfer window closes for a while because, remember, Diego Chara joined the team in 2011 after, the, like, the third or fourth game, uh, I want to say, maybe even later than that. So it's definitely – it's after the season starts, I believe, is the, when the transfer window closes for MLS. Now, obviously – I don't think they're going to be able to grab anyone that's currently on a team in Europe, but if they're out of contract or something along those lines... Wow, uh, our window actually hasn't even opened.
2: Yeah, I don't think it opens till February
1: or something. Fe- okay, so yeah. our, our transfer
0: window for the United States and Canada is February 18th to May 12th. Does that seems like a okay, yeah, the transfer go. window to me. Like, that seems like quite a long transfer window.
2: I would just say this. I had beers with somebody who's pretty close to the situation and was like... It's definitely going
1: to And when you say the situation, away. you mean the guy from Jersey Shore? <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess that would be a player for the Red Bulls? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Took <laughs> that too far. Yeah. All right, so maybe I'm, I'm are totally getting, yeah, yeah,
2: getting a winger. So. so, I mean, take that for what it's worth. I, I trust him, I guess. I mean.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, maybe I'm an
2: idiot. Who knows? Uh, but. I think what's interesting is, is I think they're going to try to keep a spot open for Nico Brett, too, which I think sure. which is weird because uh, I think Avila impressed me a little bit. You know, Eric like,
1: like Avila? Yeah, the dude from uh, he was in Orlando last year, right? Yes, he was yeah. previously Chivas.
2: And he was playing on the wing. He was playing in the middle of the field. He was everywhere, and I think part of it was that there was disconnect between all the rest of the players, but he looked pretty good, actually.
1: Yeah, he seems like a good depth piece. He's exactly. he's more. I don't remember where he played in the game. He's more central though, generally, isn't he? Yeah. Does he play on the wing?
0: He was playing center for the Sounders game, wasn't he? And he came in for the second half. I
1: think he was, but
2: I definitely think he's a winger.
1: Okay. Uh, that's good to know. And he's more defensive minded, right? So that's actually might be a good contrast because Esprit and Milano not exactly known for their defense. So you, you know, you could almost see him being kind of a a late game. Sure. sub-type of situation. I don't know.
0: No, makes sense.
1: He's not the worst player to have on your squad.
0: You know? No, yeah, and you said he's a great depth piece, and it's something that, like, if we really want to compete in all three fronts this year, we need the depth, and we need quality depth, too.
2: Speaking of McInerney.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so, I love Jack but I love this signing from the get-go, but, I mean, he scored two on the Sounders. and that's just fantastic. And they were good. They were good goals, Like, they were very clinical.
1: Yeah, I mean they were goals that he should score. Um,
0: exactly. Like, yeah, that, that's a great thing to have. Like, if somebody's going to finish and poach and like just you know, put away those easy shots,
2: good for us. Like, so I was not a big fan of Jack McInerney, and when he came over, I, I knew he was getting. He's he's getting paid. Like he's near. Yeah. He's somewhere near the
1: level. Really? And I was like, man, like. I think I it's four hundred. Really? Yeah. I'm I want to hear that, but that's a bit uh. I think surprising. it's. Yeah. I
0: yeah.
2: Th- I think it might be closer to three, but it's still a lot.
0: That like... is a lot of money.
2: And well, what I... what happened to me is I got a little too inebriated, and I told everybody I knew <laughs> I was like, you you have to sell me on Jack Mac community You gotta sell me right now. Yeah. And you know what happened? <laughs> they
1: sold me. So Jack Max sold like, you.
2: Yeah, but so, like, yeah. I'll, I'll, everybody had great arguments. And they're all based about, around this thing,
1: that the Timbers
2: create an inordinate amount of chances. And to have a guy that will come in in late games that can just put the ball away uh, is going to be, I think, more efficient than having, let's say, Rudy. I'm sorry I said that.
0: No, it's understandable. I, we, I mean, but, that's not a knock on your Rudy, it's just a praise for McInerney. Like, and you know Columbus definitely misused him because they would flip the ball in for Kamara, and you know that's their, regardless of who was the striker, they'd do the same formula. But we can play the ball through the middle and on the wings, and we can keep it on the ground, which is where McInerney's strengths are.
2: Yeah, I always think though, like when people say poacher, it seems weird to me because it seems like well anyone, like a good player would also poach. You know, well, it seems
0: like also. Like an excuse. But there's a. It's not just poaching; it's a. He has the knack to understand where the ball is going to fall. And that's what I feel like everybody
1: doesn't have. Well, I mean...
2: It's like you're describing every fullback in the NFL,
1: right? Sure.
2: Like, oh, he just knows where
1: to be all the time. He's a workman
2: guy, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know if that's good. Like, that's something (laughs) good.
1: Well, yeah, and to play a little bit of devil's advocate, you know, we've we've hired and signed the Fox in the Box before, who... He was didn't fat out.
0: and didn't run, Drew.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right, and I and I think McInerney will work McInerney out much better
0: than McInerney is 23. Yeah. I mean, he's just the complete opposite of Chris Boyd.
1: How old's Oddie? 25.
0: 25 now, yeah. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, but we got to look at—we have a ton of views on this team, like with the exception of the back line. Like, we're a pretty young team.
2: You also look at like the attacking. Uh, Force on T two this year. Oh yeah, potentially getting Alex uh, Mava from Barcelona B squad. Uh, you also have Delmar, Seton, uh, Polk, and now Nico Brett. So it's like, you know, I don't. I kind of wonder if this is Adi's last year. I kind of wonder if it's Nagy's last year, uh, to be honest. And but to have those guys there is, it's a good thing.
0: So, I can't pronounce his last name, or his full name to save the life of me, but who's the Nigerian uh, defensive midfielder we signed? Does anybody are, pronounce are, that?
2: Do you want us to embarrass ourselves? Yeah, obviously. I think it's like Odowu, or Odowu, I, I don't know.
1: Okay. I don't know um, how to say his name. Uh, <laughs> okay.
0: okay. Um, so, what I've seen from his highlights in the little point in time he had, I love him. I think he is the next Diego Chara, which makes me so happy.
1: Okay, slow your roll. No,
0: I'm I'm so <laughs> excited about this game because and here's the thing. Uh, this is actually why I'm excited. So when you look at Diego Charo, look how like absolutely essential he is to this team working in a smooth, functioning, you know, just flawless manner. I pressure to say flawless, but you know, you know, guys, I'm talking about to for pr- able to have you know a p- his potential replacement to come up through T two. It just it makes me so happy. Because I think he's. That same kind of destroyer number six role i mean again like he's young you don't really know what you're going to get from him but just the idea that we might have somebody who can eventually replace chara makes me happy
1: i think you're reading way too much into this like probably I, well, that's obviously fine. that's the ideal situation like
0: but still i mean he, he's a nigerian you know u20 international you know a very good international yeah well, yeah he's an
1: international oh, u20 you, you, you said
0: yeah, yes. okay. he was like a star on that
1: team, and they yes. called him the Human Shield. So that's oh, cool. that's awesome.
0: I mean, he's gotten a lot of praise, and this is why I think I'm probably so excited. Like, you know, Nigeria is a pretty, you know, it's definitely one of the African powers. You know,
1: did he ever play for their youth teams?
0: Yes, he did. He was he made it to U23s, if I'm not mistaken. But I know he did play for the youth team.
1: I wonder if he'll again, get a like, national team call up.
0: Just the idea, because you got to think like we need to have some kind of backup plan for Chawer going down the road. And maybe this is it, which makes me happy.
2: I think I can make peacemaker between Drew and Kyle right now, because I think <laughs> no, I think I think you guys are on. You guys could be bridged. So I think what's uh, the the great idea about it is is the strategy of it. So they're basically taking guys who are out of contract, um, and they're saying like, hey, you can you can come here for be- basically around the same amount of money. And we have shown that we will bleed you into the team. Whereas if you go to Germany, you go to these other places, you might not get the actual opportunity to play in the first team. So come here, and they're they're going like, let's get five of them, and then maybe one of them just really works out. Sure. And like that just seemed, that strategy seems to be like that's really progressive. Thanks, Timbers. Like, good job.
1: Yeah. Uh, part of me is bummed that the. uh the USL MLS affiliates can't play in the Open Cup anymore, cause it? Yeah. But that was cool for the Hungary guys to go against the MLS squads. But, yeah, I mean, I guess they get to do it every day in practice anyway, or, you know, yeah, once a week in practice or whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be plenty of guys that maybe get up for some Champions League games or something along those lines where they can make that happen. So. Now, yeah. what do
0: you guys think this means for Belmar, ultimately? Because last year, you know, we had – I mean, I remember Drew – Midsummer last year, when Audi quite wasn't finding his form, you're we like, "Let's bring Belmar in now." You know, what do we think this means for Belmar going forward? Like, he's got a lot more competition now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not good, right? Like, he, I think, is pretty much the exact same age as McInerney. He's yeah. been in the league for three years now, four years now. Uh, so I mean, I'm not gonna lie; I don't think it's a good sign for Belmar. That's all I got. <laughs> I
2: think when they brought in Seaton. It indicated that they weren't really as high on Belmar as people that were hoping that he would make it into the first team were. Uh, I think it's just kind of an example of being in a lower league, scoring a lot of goals, and then the team just saying, you know, you're probably not the type of player that we're looking for, even though we're going to keep your rights just in case somebody comes along and offers us a decent amount of money. or we Yeah, and they something.
1: were able to loan him out to the Cosmos last yeah. year. Like, who knows, yeah. they might be able to flip him. Yeah,
2: nah. or he comes in and blows everybody away, but it doesn't really seem like that's.
0: No, I mean I think the his uh his window is only closing. Like, he's got to light it up in the USL very quickly, and then you know maybe get a shot at like Champions League or something, and has to you know light that game up to the point where maybe he gets brought to the first team. It's a bunch of maybes, and it, you know he's got to play out his mind for the first few months, but I I don't really see it happening as much anymore.
1: Do you guys, uh, what are your thoughts on Valentine? I thought he, especially in that first game, was pretty bad, which kind of has made me worried. You know, we have Chris Clutie who's going to be coming off of surgery, pretty untested, hasn't been a starter in over, you know, about a year now. And, like I said, we will be coming off an injury. Powell, as far as I can tell, I guess Taylor pays his backup, um, but there just seems to be still a relatively big gulf there. Part of me is worried that we don't have a lot of depth. So if you know Cludy doesn't come back quickly, uh, or if something happens to Powell, I'm a little worried as to what's going to go on with her outside backs.
2: He's from the the Norwegian league, right? Correct. So I I don't watch that league. I've never watched that league. So you don't, I don't... watch that? You don't watch that league? Really? No, I don't.
1: Do you even oh, but it? I was
2: told, I was told that that league. When, when players come back from that league, they take a long time to adjust. The soccer's just a lot different there, especially defensively. And I think, you know, it really did seem like Valentin was struggling with the speed of the attackers. Uh, he It looked like he, he went to position himself in the right spot, but that guy just happened to be a lot faster than he anticipated. Uh, I thought he looked really, really poor, but I do think like, ah, uh, like, it's, it's probably a, a huge transition as far as the games played. So, yeah. I, I do think the one thing to worry about, though, is, as I've read, I think he's more comfortable on the right, but he has more of a role on this team on the left. And, potentially, that's why he seems out of sorts. And if that's the case, then that is something to worry about.
1: Does Jermaine Taylor play? He's pretty much central only, right? Hey, that's our... I mean, he's basically a paparato.
2: Yeah, I think he can play out there. I think he did play out there, but I don't think, like, anybody's ever been like, Oop. I'm so excited to have him out at the fullback position.
1: Well, and Ridgewell's been playing outside back for Brighton. Has he really? Every, yeah, yeah, every game. There games. And every in, game? Yeah, he's played every game on the on All right, outside, center outside for the first D. Game. Yeah. Huh? Maybe one, maybe once inside, but I think the last few weeks for sure he's been – I think he plays right for right D for them. Uh.
2: So I heard this story about Ridgewell. Uh, you know how he, he recently, uh, there was something come out that he wanted to extend his loan with Brighton. Yes. Yep. Uh, what I heard was that that potentially was a negotiating tactic, because this is last year of the con- his contract. And I don't know why the Timbers would
0: bring him back, I guess.
1: No, yeah. Well, I, I'm sure they'd love to have him back at half his current salary.
0: Yeah, yeah. again, like, that's it's really a lot of a uh, monetary. I mean, like, he's on a DP. If you could bring him back, Drew like said Half his value, he's a very good value center
1: back. Should like, probably have to be less than half, right? Yeah, I know. Half. Now that I think about it, he'd still what be a you DP pay? if he got half.
0: One point two, is that right?
1: Something it's like close that. To
0: that. Yeah. So yeah, you're talking like maybe a third at best.
1: Yeah, they got a yeah, Jermaine Jones a, in.
0: And Jermaine Jones isn't
1: too happy about that either. So. Yeah, that's so funny. I, I would him. take Liam Rocheville for Jermaine Jones, though, but yeah.
0: True. Yeah, but again, if you can sign him for, you know, a third, it's pretty good value, but I don't see him coming back for DP money. That's whatever. We can find somebody for within the league for way less than we're paying him now.
1: Yeah, and he's basically said the only reason he came, like he loves Portland and all, but he said the reason he came is because of the... Number on that check, right? Like, oh yeah, can't he was partying you. in Vegas, and someone was like, "Here, you want this contract for all this money?" Right?
2: Don't underestimate a man's love for his boat.
1: That's true. <laughs> that's true. I've been. My mom grew up on Lake Oswego, so I, I know I know that lake. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's a good point. That said, I mean, he always the reason he's he does his loans more or less every off season is so he can be back with his kids, so. I, I would I would guess he'd lean towards going back, but, but who knows. And, you know, the Timbers do hope that they are going to have some center back that they can develop uh, from T2 that maybe will fill in that spot, so maybe in a year they won't need him. I don't Maybe that seems unlikely now, but who knows.
0: Well, what's his name? Um, The center back we have in T2 that can get injured, his name's escaping me. Renico Clark.
1: Yeah, Renico Clark. Yes,
0: yeah. we're very high on him, so, you know, maybe it was a recovery time and how much time he gives the T2 but that's a possibility but yeah so back to what you're saying about uh, Valentine, I will reserve my judgment after the simple invitation just because like Roscoe said he's adjusting to a new league to a new style of attacking player so we'll see I mean again his performance were disappointing but I'll give him a little bit more time before I say he's not quite cut out or he can handle it we'll see
1: And I will say that if we don't come up with some good be my valentine hashtags for uh, Valentine's Day on Sunday, then we all need to quit Twitter.
2: Yeah. Gauntlet. Going down the gauntlet. (laughs) Yeah, bring it. You guys better be there. That's all
1: I'm saying. Okay. Make my valentine day. (laughs) All right, is that all we got, guys?
0: Yeah, we didn't talk about the Sanders game, but...
1: Oh, I nice forgot about oh. that one. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. Well, we sorted a Jack McInerney scored. Uh, yeah, it was... I, like, again, I like Ben Polk bad. in the
0: game. I like Ben Polk. I thought he was a good player. I mean, I'm really... I, I think we're going to be quite stacked on T2 this year, which would be awesome. The uh, The Nelson Tifo was kind of cool. I like that. we <laughs> see that
1: one. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Simpsons one, yeah.
2: I mean, yep. I think... So that we don't take it for granted. This is, like, basically, like, a vacation for the players, like a bonding experience before the season starts, and yet they have, like, like 50 dedicated people making TIFOs, yep. yelling for their
1: names. Like, this is crazy.
0: Hmm. Oh, yeah, no, the Timbers are something special in America, which is awesome. Glad to be a part of it. All that good
1: Yeah, there is something to be said, though, like, you send the, this group of dudes to Tucson where there's like nothing to do but hang out and look at cactus grow. And then they have to be, they have to free friends when they leave that city, right? Like, so. uh, but actually, that's a good teaser because we're hoping to have uh, someone from, from the uh, desert core uh, on next week. So Yeah,
2: that'd be cool. I'll be excited to listen. I love your guys' podcast. I
1: think it's great. I'm Thanks, good. buddy. We love you, Back at You, you want to well, like, plug? Why don't you go ahead and plug your uh, your stuff?
2: Well, I, I do want to say first, when I was in Dallas away, like, I stayed in Dallas, so I was alone. And I, I will never kind of forget, like, the day of the game. I went to get coffee listening to you guys, and it, I just, I don't know, it, I felt less alone in a big city. So, awesome.
0: thank We're you guys for me. that. Roscoe. Um, when do the uh, the Timbros get back online? Actually, we're doing a pod tomorrow. okay uh, yeah, awesome. okay yeah, so
2: we were trying to extend our vacation as long as possible. Because,
0: uh, like, I'll say this. I'm going to praise you guys. Like, so I work in a cubicle. It's quite mundane. And listening to you guys, like, the morning that your new podcast comes out, and I'm like, whatever more this is, like, sh- completely less <laughs> shitty than it was previously. It's awesome. I love Thanks. listening to you guys. so funny.
2: Yeah, we. I, I think we, like, figured out, like, very early on, it's like, hey, let, like, if we're having fun, like, other people will be. If oh, this yeah. is, like, if this is, like, something we're just
0: doing and uh, blah, it's blah, blah, we like, have to do. The way you present, like, you guys are all very factual and you will quote, um, you know, American,
1: American soccer, soccer Analysis. analysis my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah, website.
0: You're very good at, like, supporting all yourself with very technical details, but the way you present it is not intimidating to certain people. Like, if you listen to, like, um, you know, like, and you have the ESPN, like, uh, ESPN FC podcast or whatever, they're always like, technical fact this, technical fact that, but it's not, like, it's not fun to listen to. And, like, the way you present yeah, your...
1: They don't drink beer while... <laughs> exactly. ...podcasting. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Some might say that's a little... That's maybe you shouldn't
2: do that, but... Uh, no, I disagree. You do <laughs> Who I said that? Do that? Has anyone actually said that? No,
1: no, no. Okay. Well, ESPN. Oh. You don't need that negativity in your life, Roscoe. That's confirmation that you're doing it right. Yeah
0: right. Can I see, where did your intro come from?
2: Oh, so uh, so we were at British Town Comedy Festival,
1: um, and
2: they had they said like tweet in your questions for um, oh, now now the name of the podcast is escaping me. It's with Paul F. Tompkins, um, and it's where he plays who does he play? oh Freaking goddamn it! Anyways, he had a, he has uh, comedians come on and interview like as historical characters. And so we're just watching the, the, the show, and Dan tweets in a question. But because he tweets in a question, it comes from the hashtag from our Twitter account. And so they're like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> and so that's we actually were able to get the audio from that podcast from them and use it as an intro, and it's super awesome. I love it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so what are we doing? We're, we're starting this new thing, uh, The Collective, uh, basically... Yes. The whole concept of it, I'm trying to go through it quickly. Is like, hey, we're all, we all have jobs. We all uh, we, we don't have a lot of time to do the, all the things that we do. I'm not really sure why we do these things. Like, I'm not sure why we we actually write or create American soccer analysis or, or it's the Timberwolves.
1: for the money. School. I
2: can't figure it out.
1: <laughs> we I'm don't like, like it. I, you don't like, want, what we don't want something to do with our money, so we spend it on this stuff.
2: <laughs> and you know what's funny is everybody I asks that question always has a reason, and I still don't have one of my own. I'm like why am I doing this? Um, but <laughs> I assume it was the alcohol. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, so the point is, is, like you know, like everybody. I think everybody takes kind of the the fan perspective baton each year, but they don't make it the second year, right? Because it's just sure. too much work. And so it's like, hey, what if we all just did this together, and what if we're going to put it right here. Everybody would know that this is like basically where the community uh, hub, content hub is, and it, it's a website. It doesn't take, it's not, it doesn't cost anything, and it's not that hard to create. So it's like, if everybody does that, then they don't have to worry about like, oh, damn, I gotta make a post this week because I'm gonna lose half of my readership or something like that. It's like, no, it's always gonna be running. Write whenever you want. Put it there. Uh, there's no reason why. Uh, I don't know, somebody like Drew or or even somebody out there that has never um, participated in the content of this thing is any worse than anyone else that does this, you know? And so I think, in a way, we wanted to have, like, almost a teaching component of, like, not teaching from us or anything, but just teaching by doing. It's like, what if, I think the best understanding I can have for the collective is that, like, if somebody comes in and writes and is great and then uses that as a platform to become sure. something in that field and they get to create in their life instead of working at, at a law firm or something and then writing on the side, you know what I mean? That would be ideal. But that's what we're trying to create is that opportunity.
1: It's awesome. it's pretty badass. And if I may put a call out without – I haven't talked to Roscoe about this, but I feel like we need more writing about the Thorns there's like some town footy does something every once in a while side pass passes something, but and yeah, I'm I as just, culpable as anybody. Cause I haven't written about them, but you know, I just feel like we need more content out about them. And th- let's be real. They're probably more newsworthy than the Timbers recently. And they haven't even played any games.
2: <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, we've asked some people, they're like, nah I don't know. I, it's hard because it's like, I just asked you, why do we do it? And I can't answer that. And so when somebody's like, "Why, are, why do I want to do a Torrance podcast?" I'm like, "Oh, cause, cause, cause you, you don't like to have more free time in your life. You, yeah. Wait, I don't know why. So that's actually why I feel weird about the whole collective thing and in general. It's because I'm asking people to go come do this thing that I just do obsessively for no reason, and I'm like, do it, come on." But I will say this, there is actually a new Thorn subreddit that people are pretty active on, so check that out.
1: It's not uh, new. It's not new? I. It's the new Thorn subreddit? I, yeah. Oh, it's I thought there it was totally forever. new. And no, I was, it's like, not new at all. Still, I was kind of like,
2: nervously, like, should I go ask, like, talk to them? And be like, hey, you want to, no, I feel, I feel. <laughs> I feel like I have to have, like, a beer with you before I feel comfortable asking you to, like, do something. You know?
0: Fair enough. I have a drink. you gotta do. Dinner, too, if you can afford it.
1: <laughs> Beer is dinner. It's
0: yeah, that's, that's calories, isn't it?
1: Cool. Are we done here?
0: Yeah, I think we're done.
1: Uh, let's see. Ratings and reviews on iTunes, if you're totally cool. Uh, follow us at TA Field Report, at Drew J. Olson, at Carvalho 1492. I don't know my Twitter. Is I don't use it. What's your stuff, Roscoe? Uh,
2: you can get me on my personal account. It's Roscoe Myrick till I die. Or T I D, I I guess.
1: You'll um, find me over around. And, of course, Portland Timbros. Check him out. Give him a listen. And um, If you're not already listening to the Timbros,
0: I don't like you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you should listen to the Timbros.
1: You know, and here's a fun thought experiment. Roscoe, like halfway through the season did an interview with uh who wait who is the player the dude oh, from
2: Ismail Yarte Yarte yeah
1: did an interview with the journalist from was he from Ghana he's from Ghana Ghana and uh this just just it's it's even funnier in the context of having seen Yarte play and his not being good at soccer the this dude talks about Yarte like he. Did his... he compare to Messi? Yeah, he I think... I, I don't know. It sounded... I don't know if he actually did that, but that was basically what he was insinuating. Uh, it's it's even more funny now, so...
2: No, I think he totally did. Did he? he? Totally, yeah. yeah he totally I
1: remember did. saying
0: they said, like, he's, he's the, Gna- the, Gna- the, Gna- the Messi, possibly, of those lines. I remember that podcast. I
2: remember asking one question of, like, hey, we've had a lot of players come over here with a lot of hype. Like, is does he have, like potentially you know oh i asked why he would moved on from so many clubs and i think his answer was like uh because he's so like he's so good that he wants to be at other places all the time or something like that that was like the answer and then after that i was just like i kind of you can actually hear i kind of like giggle a little bit and then i just kind of let him fr- I just <laughs> like, like hyperbole all the way dude just thanks
0: for this interview it's-
1: Excellent stuff. All right. So, yeah, everybody go listen to that. Anything else, Kyle?
0: That's going to do it for me. Thanks, Rascal.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: Bye.